Welcome back to another episode of District Divided, everybody. I am your host, Amit Singh. If you like the podcast, please follow it on Twitter, at District Divided. If you like it, follow it on Instagram, at District Divided. And there's a Facebook page and group called District Divided. This week, the Washington Capitals are the focus. Josh Johnson is back, and he's going to be talking to us about the series with the New York Islanders. Round one of the NHL playoffs is here. Game one has already happened. We lost. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into a preview of game two. And he's going to give us his series prediction and X factor as well. On the State of the Union side of things, basketball is not going well in D.C. The Mystics are in free fall. The Wizards have just wrapped up in the bubble. We're going to get into that. And Scott Brooks, we're going to talk about a little bit. Head coach for the Wizards. And then with the Washington football team, there's always something going on. So we're going to get into them as well. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the interview with Joshua Johnson. Joining me once again this week on District Divided is Caps diehard Joshua Johnson. Josh, how are you doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. Thanks again for having me back so soon. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, the playoffs are now here for the NHL, so there is no better person to bring on. And why don't we just get into that? NHL playoff hockey is back. And so is the absolute randomness. Last time you were on with us, Josh, you talked about the Boston Bruins being the best team in hockey. Well, during the round robin, they finished with the four seed. They finished in dead last in the Eastern Conference. And then in one of the first games of the NHL playoffs, it might have even been the first game of the NHL playoffs, and you can correct me there. The Lightning and Blue Jackets went to five overtimes. Five. And that ended up forcing the Boston Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes to postpone to the next day, and they went to double OT. Josh, what have you made of this NHL return, man? Well, I gotta say, it's been pretty great so far. I mean, having hockey, playoff hockey in August is a beautiful thing that I didn't know I ever needed in my life, but now that it's here, I never want it to go away. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's been predictably crazy. Um, you know, when you put the NHL playoffs on, which are already crazy and then put them in this weird bubble format where everyone's away from their families and you're all playing on the same ice and all those other factors, like I'm not at all surprised that we've had some wild games. Um, and yeah, I would say that the round robin games, like that the Bruins and the Flyers and the Lightning and the Caps were in, you know, they, they lacked intensity for sure because the teams realized like your home home ice advantage isn't really a thing so it didn't really matter um but i really enjoyed the qualifying rounds and i could see the nhl bringing those back for future playoffs because that was pretty fun to have the expanded format and uh just want to give a shout out to my boy Sidney crosby out on the golf course right now better luck (laughs) next year (laughs) yep and shout out Sidney crosby indeed hope he and the pittsburgh penguins are enjoying their time out of the bubble back at home now We finished as the three seed after the round robin play in the Eastern Conference with the Boston Bruins being our last game and beating them. So we earned a date with the New York Islanders in a best of seven series. And we actually played them in game one on Wednesday. So we go up two to zero in that game with two power play goals from TJ Oshie, who's been honestly to me on fire recently. But we end up conceding four straight to lose four to two 
the game winner being a shorthanded goal, so you would expect maybe one more power play goal for Oshie or Ovechkin or someone along those lines. But that's how it shook out for us. What did you make of the game, Josh? And is that the result you had expected in game one? Well, it definitely wasn't the result I hoped for. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, I was just so fired up going into that game. I was like, all right, we got playoff hockey back. And I was really impressed with how the Caps came out to start the game. Like I said, in the round robins, you know, everyone was kind of chilling, you know, not finishing hits, not that much intensity. But the Caps definitely brought it the first, you know, period and a half of this game. Um, and they were, they were moving quick, drawing a lot of penalties, um, getting some good chances. They overall, you know, looked pretty good. And then we got those couple power play goals from Oshi, and I was feeling pretty good. And then the Islanders got that one back late in the second period, which is always a killer to have one, give up one with like three minutes left in the period. Um, and then we just completely unraveled in the third. Uh, you know, don't know what happened. It's just a combination of things. You know, Holtby let in a couple soft goals. Um, we just kind of stopped <laughs> playing that hard, it seemed like. Um, so, yeah, definitely disappointing. Um, and not to mention the loss of Backstrom, which I think we'll get to here. And we're going to actually get to that right now because Nicholas Backstrom is one of those guys you want on the ice almost, you know, all the time, obviously. But he got knocked out of the game pretty early on. I want to say there's 1732 on the clock in the first period when Anders Lee hit Nicholas Backstrom in the chest. It was a bit late and that did knock him out of the game. As we had said, Coach Todd reared and called the hit predatory. Now, I've seen it. It. It looks like, you know, it's a big hit, but it was square in the chest. It was a little late. But what did you make of the hit there? Well, I'm going to try to be objective on this podcast <laughs> and, and, and try to take my bias out of it. Because, of course, when it first happened, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that was so late. Like, you can't hit our boy like that. And I, I was pleased that uh, Tommy Wilson uh, got after Lee later in the period and, and gave him a good fight. Um, but yeah, now that I've had some time to digest and review it, I will say it was definitely late and, um, backroom just wasn't looking, you know, it's one of those plays where you pass the puck, you're not kind of looking ahead of you yet. And Lee just came in, he definitely caught him in the chest, not the head, but I think the injury concern for backstrom is that he might've hit his head on the ice when he got knocked down, kind of unsuspecting like that. Um, and he's currently in the concussion protocol and he's been ruled out for game two already tonight so you know we'll have to see backstrom does have a history of uh, concussions uh, going back to the early part of the decade um he missed a bunch of time uh one season with concussion so you know really hoping for the best for him it's definitely a bummer um you know the department of player safety reviewed the hit no suspension was levied against lee which uh, you know is probably fair it it was kind of a borderline hit. You know, if Wilson had thrown that hit, he would have suspe been suspended like a hundred games. But aside from that, you know, they're usually not going to suspend for a hit like that. Um, but it's just unfortunate, you know, and I immediately thought back to last year's playoffs when there was another borderline unfortunate hit uh, on TJ Oshie um, in the Carolina series. And there was no suspension there. And I don't think, and you know, it's just a bummer because we lost one of our key guys and it's just really hard to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs if you're missing one of your key guys, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it really is. And I think the word you hit on there, which was perfect, is unfortunate because it was a borderline hit. I could understand from, 
you know, the Islanders' perspective that maybe it wasn't as late as Cavs fans will make it out to be, of course. Uh, but at the same time, it was a bit late. So it wasn't dirty. It didn't, like, you know, I don't think he hit him in the head. Like you said, it was in the chest. But he is in the concussion protocol. He's had a history with that. So it is unfortunate and a big blow that we're losing him in Game 2. And let's talk about the Islanders a little bit. We know about the Cavs, but let's talk about the Islanders. Who are their best players that we need to worry about, that we need to look out for in this series? Yeah, well, honestly, most people listening to this podcast probably don't even know any players who play on the Islanders because you don't really have like a superstar. Um, I mean, arguably their biggest star is their coach, Barry Trotz, formerly of the 2018 Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. Um, Still a little bit bitter about the fact that we let him leave because, you know, he was the one coach that brought us to the the promised land and then to lose him right after that um, over money was a bit tough to swallow. But, I mean, he's an excellent defensive coach and really gets the most of his players. Um, And that's what he's been doing with the Islanders the last two years. He's turned them around from being, like, one of the worst defensive teams to one of the best the last two years. Um, their leading scorer is Brock Nelson, you know, again, someone that only like hardcore hockey fans have probably heard of and, you know, is not up there, uh, challenging Ovechkin for the scoring title by any means. Um, familiar facing goal, uh, Varlamov, former Caps goalie, um, who seems to continue to cycle around teams that we end up playing in the playoffs and he played pretty well in game one. Um, and then their wild card for me is Jordan Everly. uh, he was a high draft pick, touted prospect that played for the Oilers um, for a while. Um, but he was a very up and down player, inconsistent, especially in the playoffs. But we saw what he's capable of in game one um, with that nice move and goal he had um, against Holtby. So, again, you know, they're, they're definitely not on t- as talented on paper um, as the Caps are, but as the Caps have repeatedly shown over the last 10 to 15 years being the most talented team um, doesn't always guarantee victory. So, And we're down 1-0 in the series, which is also not news to Cavs fans either. It's a place we're well familiar with. On a scale of 1-10, to 10, how nervous are you being down 1-0 right now? <laughs> well, I would say right after uh, game one, I was like a 10. <laughs> Cause you just freak out about everything. And now I've settled down slightly, but again, the injury news with Backstrom isn't great. Um, I'd say I'm at about a six or seven right now. And that will of course escalate depending on um, how we do tonight. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I definitely am a little bit worried. It's just, there were, it's not like we were playing great all season before the, the uh, lockdown um, that we can draw back upon, like going into, uh, the shutdown in March, you know, we were very inconsistent as a team and just haven't seemed to put together all the pieces yet. So it's it's a little concerning to kind of see some of those issues arise again here. Um, I mean, we, we really need Holtby to step up big time. Um, that's an obvious statement to make, you know, for Stanley Cup playoffs, but we're relying on him more than ever. You know, we don't have a backup right now that has any sort of experience so it's pretty much all on Holtby and he left in a let in a couple soft goals um game one you know Ovi's been pretty quiet throughout the rob round robin in game one um I I'm not worried about him we'll see him step up um we'll have Eller back game two which is good uh he was out uh 
for the birth of his son and then he had to quarantine for four days. Um, so wasn't didn't get enough ice time practice in before game one. Uh, but he'll play in game two, and especially with uh, Backstrom out, he'll elevate to the second line and be key. Um, but I think the real wild card is is your boy, Kuznetsov. Uh, he's just the most maddening player on the Caps, I think, because sometimes he just looks so damn good. Um, we'll all remember uh, his awesome goal to knock out the Penguins and his, you know, flapping bird <laughs> wings celebration. But he's just so inconsistent sometimes. And he really has been in this playoffs. And we, now he's our first line center with Backstrom out. So we really need him to step up. So Evgeny Kuznetsov is probably the X factor moving forward, you'd say, yeah? Oh yeah, for sure. I think we're, we're going to go as he, as he goes, if he can step it up. And I mean, there's other people like Vrana who, again, has so much talent, but can be pretty streaky. Um, but I do, do think it comes back to Kuzi. Now, uh, I did, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like there was a little bit of bitterness in your voice when talking about Lars Eller. It's like, oh yeah, he had the birth of his son. And he had a quarantine for four <laughs> days, missed game one, really let the team down there. No, no, no. no I, I didn't mean it like that. I, I think it was great that he was able to go back to visit his son. I think it was just highlighting some of the unusual aspects of this year's playoffs where like normally he would have just gone back to see his son and be be back, back on the ice, ready to go. But just with the protocols that they have here, which are working, by the way, there's still no positive tests in the bubble, but he just had to sit in his hotel room for four days. And then with Backstrom going out early in the game, which of course couldn't anticipate, we were really just missing him in that game. So um, just again, unfortunate timing, but I'm glad he's back. Yeah, no, it's a real bummer. He couldn't just say, what up? to his son, high five him and then just get on the ice. But you know, that it, it, like you said, really weird situation we're in right now. And yeah, losing a guy like Lars Eller, all jokes aside, is big. So it's nice to have him back for game two. And speaking of game two, it is tonight at eight PM. You can see it on NBC Sports Washington locally and NBC Sports. What are your thoughts on it and what do we need to do to get a W here? So the one stat from game one that really stood out to me were five on five chances and they were 21 to seven in favor of the Isles, which really surprised me. But then if you think back to the game, you know, we had a ton of power plays, especially in the first couple periods. And that's where we got our two goals. And, you know, we were decent on the power play for sure, but we really weren't generating anything on five on five and the Islanders scored multiple goals, five on five. And for some reason, this always seems to be an issue for the caps when they're playing badly it's just a kind of a barometer for how they're doing is those five on five chances. So um, they're really going to need to step that up. Um, we already kind of mentioned some of the players that need to step up. Um, kind of the, one of the wild cards for me is again, with this format in the bubble with no kind of home ice or away ice, you know, considerations. Um, I feel like a lot of the stats that are generally used to, reflect like oh the team who loses after game one like they only go on to win this percentage of the time like I think we can throw kind of a lot of that out the window this year just because it's just such a, a different environment for them to play in um so we'll see I, I'm, I'm hoping for the best I think I think they'll come out they'll come out strong and they'll be wanting to play for Backstrom for sure um so I'm hoping for a good effort yeah, and I mean, not like, you know, home ice really matters in the initial playoffs anyway. At least it doesn't seem to for Cavs fans where we just, you know, we'll go up to or like, you know, it'll be 1-1 <laughs> and then we just kill it on the road. And, you know, so I think it's just sort of random like that. And again, a couple of years ago when we went on that run, we did lose our first two games at home. 
right? And then just ended up going on, you know, hope he got hot, and we went from there. Now, what is your prediction for tonight's game, and what is the series prediction that you have? Uh, my prediction for tonight's game, I'm still optimistic, so I'm going to go uh, 3-1 with an empty netter to seal it. Um, but for the series, uh, I'm kind of getting, again, reminiscing a fair amount about that series last year against Carolina, which I think is a similar um, setup in certain ways, like where the Caps are the more talented team, but the other team is gelled pretty well together, and it's just going to be a tough back-and-forth series. And so I really would not be surprised if this series goes all the way to seven. And if you recall from last year versus Carolina, we end up losing kind of on a bounce and double OT. And <laughs> I, I really don't want it to come to that, but I, I don't think this is a series we'll, we'll skate through. Um, obviously already being down 1-0. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping caps in seven, but we'll see. Okay, but you do expect this to go seven games. Yeah, that, that, that's just my feeling, my gut feeling right now. And, you know, that's fine. Like, I used, I feel like as a fan, I used to care a lot more about the Caps. Like, oh, like, get out and, and win the series early so you can get some rest and stuff. But, you know, I, I do think that this year that matters less with the long layoff they've had already. And I've also realized that, you know, in, in our Stanley Cup run in 2018, you know, sometimes you do go – six or seven a lot and you, you just push through it the adversity and uh that that strengthens you on your way to the championship so it's all about just getting it done however long it takes yeah it teaches you to play in pressure situations so yeah that, okay sounds good so caps and seven three one tonight who are your goal scorers uh, i i think Ovi's gonna get on the board for sure um it, he he's due it, it's time um and then i, I think Oshi's uh do for another he's just been on fire and just love the way he's been playing so expect another from him all right expect the series to be tied 1-1 that is joshua johnson nhl and washington capitals expert and diehard fan here on district divided once again josh thanks so much for your time looking forward to chatting again soon thanks yeah thanks for having me and uh, i'm glad i made it on a second time before emma did and there it is. <laughs> Shout out Emma Johnson. <laughs> Shout out Emma J. <laughs> All right, getting into this week's DC State of the Union. Let's stick with hockey. The Caps lost game one of a best of seven series on Wednesday against the New York Islanders 4-2. to two. And they have Game 2 tonight at 8 p.m. on NBC Sports Washington locally and NBC Sports nationally. As Josh had said, Nicholas Backstrom is in the concussion protocol and will miss the game tonight. That means Evgeny Kuznetsov is going to be on the first line. And then Lars Eller, after the birth of his son, is now done with his quarantine period and will be playing center on the second line. It is good to have Lars Eller back. Once again, Josh predicted a 3-1 win tonight and the series to go seven games. So buckle up and stay tuned as this series continues in the first round of the NHL playoffs. Now, let's talk about basketball. The NBA, Washington Wizards, they went 1-3 this past week and are officially done with the NBA bubble. They finished 1-7 overall. That one came most recently against the Boston Celtics by a score of 96 to 90. 
Thomas Bryant has been the standout Wizards bubble player, adding another 26 points in the win. Now, the Boston Celtics rested a bunch of players and had another number of players injured as well. So Jason Tatum didn't play, Jalen Brown didn't play, Kimball Walker didn't play, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, you name it. A lot of these guys didn't play, but a win's a win, and it's a very young Wizards team without Bradley Beal, John Wall, Davis Bertans, you name it. So. It's still a big win for the team, and Rui Hachimura didn't even play. The Wizards now head home, and the focus turns to two things. Number one, the NBA Draft Lottery on August 20th, and number two, Scott Brooks' future. Let's begin with number one. The NBA Draft Lottery is coming up this Thursday, August 20th, and they have a 4.5% chance of landing the top pick a 20% chance of picking in the top four, and around an 80% chance of picking anywhere between 9 and 13. So expect that 9 to 13 pick, but pray, pray for a top four or even the top pick. On to number two, Scott Brooks. He's heading into the final year of his deal, and there's plenty of uncertainty around his future. There is certainly logic in determining right now whether he will be here for longer or get let go so that Tommy Shepard can pick a coach that, you know, he would want to appoint. Tommy Shepard, as some of you know, was appointed GM this past season. So what are they going to do? I expect that because Tommy Shepard seems to be a fan of Scott Brooks, that he'll get a small extent extension, excuse me. I don't know for how long the extension will be, but I expect one. I don't think they're going to go into Scott Brooks' final year as head coach without any sort of resolution. So I expect a small extension and for them to not let him go. And I think this will probably happen in the coming days or weeks ahead before the start of next season. On to the WNBA. The Washington Mystics are in total free fall mode. They have now lost six straight games and starting 3-0, looking like they did not need Elena Deladon or Tina Charles or Natasha Cloud, but they clearly do. They've also lost Ariel Powers to a hamstring injury which results in the signing of Stella Johnson to replace Powers while she is absent. The Mystics' next two games come against the Las Vegas Aces tomorrow at 12 p.m. and then against the Atlanta Dream on Wednesday at 7 p.m. They're tied for third place in the Eastern Conference, and this team has plenty of time left. There are plenty of games left to go, and so we'll see how they do, but let's hope they go 2-0 this coming week. Now, on to baseball. The Washington Nationals split their series 2-2 with the New York Mets most recently, but not before losing both their games to the Orioles by a score of 11-0 and then 5-3. Juan Soto is back in the lineup, as we had said last week, and he hit a couple moonshots. One against the Mets went 463 feet which was 20 feet more than his previous longest home run of his career. And then just two days later, how about 466 feet against the Mets? Boy, they must hate playing against him. That one went over the second deck. He is back, and so are better days for the Nats. There's still plenty of time left in this season. And speaking of coming up next, they've got the Orioles for three games starting tonight at 7.35 p.m. Let's hope that this time they don't get swept by the Orioles. And then they travel to Atlanta to take on the Braves in a huge series, a three-game series, starting on Monday. Those are divisional games, folks, so we really need to get those three games and at the very least come away with two of them. And on to the NFL, the Washington football team unfortunately cannot stay out of the headlines. This past week, they cut running back Darius Geis, who many are high on, and he would have been a first-round pick, but he did have some character issues 
so he fell to the Washington football team, then known as the Washington Redskins, in the second round. But those character issues seem to have come up. The reason he got cut is because he has been charged on multiple different counts of domestic violence, one of which was strangulation, which is a felony. So these are not light domestic violence charges if that were ever such a thing. Everything's heavy, but strangulation is major. So he is out, no longer a part of the roster. The remaining options at running back are Adrian Peterson, third round rookie Antonio Gibson, Bryce Love, who many are high on, myself included, and Peyton Barber, which now looks like a good signing. We questioned it at the time, but now Peyton Barber's on a team-friendly deal and may be a part of the rotation. So we'll see how the running back position shakes out. The game day booth will now be D'Angelo Hall, Bram Weinstein, and Julie Donaldson. Julie Donaldson, being senior VP of media now, has made that decision, meaning Doc Walker and Chris Cooley are no longer a part of the broadcast booth as well as, of course, Larry Michael, who was involved in the sexual harassment claims that came from that Washington Post article, that bombshell, if you will. Reports have resurfaced that the minority stakeholders are trying to get Dan Snyder to sell the team. Now, why are they doing that? Well, because no one wants to buy their shares, because they want to ultimately have a controlling interest within the team, and so long as Dan Snyder has them, he's not going to sell. The only way Dan Snyder is going to sell the team is if three quarters of the majority of owners come together and say, hey, you are being removed as owner of the Washington football team. So to me, this is a nothing story. Again, they just want him to sell because no one is buying their shares. I don't think there's much to see here. Dan Snyder is going to be owner for quite a while, barring something crazy. So now that will conclude the State of the Union. Thank you all for listening once again. If you like the podcast, please follow it on Twitter at District Divided, Instagram District Divided, Facebook page and group are also called District Divided. A special thank you to Joshua Johnson for coming on a second time and breaking down the Islander series. Who the X Factor is, the prediction, the 3-1 win, hopefully coming tonight once again, 8 p.m. on NBC Sports Washington locally and NBC Sports nationally. And then the Caps in seven games. Let's see how it goes tonight. But for now, Polly Polo. This time we're transitioning from State of the Union music to your music. Take us out. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. I can go for broke, but the capital is in me. I spent my whole damn life in the city. Anywhere I go, DC's coming with me.